Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species, select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? Reach out on Instagram or Facebook, and they can help you find your dream hunt. Also brought to you by Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, we've got a very cool segment right here that I want to share with you guys. And uh, we are going to join Butch and Joe. So without further ado, let's join these guys. Hey, guys, and welcome to another special episode of the Great Days Outdoors Podcast Network. This week, I'm joined with Butch Theory. And Butch, I don't know about you, but even in saltwater, wade fishing is, I would say it's my favorite way to fish inshore. I really enjoy being in the water with fish. I feel like my confidence goes up when I'm wade fishing. I feel like I have the best chance of catching an, a truly like a trophy fish when I'm wade fishing. I mean, that's how I feel. I love it. I want to get in the water earlier and earlier every year. Uh, but that also means dealing with pretty cold temperatures. It does, man. My first wade fishing trip of the year this year, I found out in the cold water that I had a very, very, very leaky left foot situation <laughs> proceeded to fill up both feet and by about 10 a.m i was knee deep in you know 60 ish degree water soaking wet trudging through the mud and uh so you need some new waders you need some new i need some new waders yeah yeah but man i totally agree with you i've caught my personal best speckled trout 28 and a half inches while i was waiting there's nothing like it man you're down in there with them i feel like you're one with the fish you're all stealthy and uh, there's nothing like it, man. There's nothing like that eye-level topwater bite in the morning. You got the sunrise. I'm it's, sure uh, some of our gods could explain this, but I don't think I, I don't know if it's because you're not on the boat and you're not, you know, you're not mobile with the boat. But I just I feel like the fish hit harder. I feel like they fight harder. Oh yeah, on the it's just uh, more Al- gratifying to catch them. To me, it's more gratifying to catch them in the water. But you gotta have the right gear. I mean, it definitely is. It's a, like a lot of things. It's a gear specific kind of fishing. If you don't have good wading boots, good waders a good belt sure. the right kind of tackle right kind of rods and reels and and then of course the technique is it's a big part of it too certainly but today today we're going to get into waders and boots and everything you need to think about if you're in the market for these or maybe you want to upgrade what you've got i know i started out in a pair of i think they were made out of pvc they were awful they were like, like <laughs> yeah. if i tried to if i tried to sit down you know they were felt like they were going to blow out at the knee uh but it's come a long way since that so to do that, we're talking with one of the best in the business, and that's Sims. This week, we're talking with John Frazier. John, welcome to the show. First off, tell everybody a little bit about your role at Sims. 
Yeah, thanks, Joseph and Butch, for having me. Um, yeah, my name is John Frazier. Uh, I'm with Sims Fishing Products based here in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I've been with Sims since 2014, and really kind of my day-to-day -day is uh, I, I oversee all of Sims PR, uh, oversee our social media, and uh, lots of our digital content. Very cool, man. Well, we're happy to have you and, you know, getting you to share your knowledge on waders because I was telling, telling Butch at the start of the show, my first pair of waders were, I think they're made out of PVC. And, you know, if I, if I did a deep knee bend in them, man, it felt like something was about to blow out. They were awful. And yeah. uh, they actually, those waders in particular actually kept me from enjoying, you know, fishing, wading and fishing and also duck hunting for many years because they were uncomfortable. They were heavy. Yep. They were just not good. And I know things have come a long, long way. We love to wade down here uh, on the coast. You know, a lot, a lot of guys think saltwater. They don't think about wading very much. But having the right gear is the difference between being comfortable and just every time a wave comes in, you're you're holding your breath, waiting for that cold splash of water. You know, so yeah. when when people are looking at a pair of waders, it seems like the prices can go from you know a couple hundred bucks to a thousand dollars or more in some cases. And I just always wonder, like all right, what am I getting for the increase in price? And what do I need to really be paying attention to, to make sure that I get what I need, you know, as a guy who maybe gets to fish 30 days a year versus, you know, a fishing guide who may be on the water 200 days a year. So right. when you think about waders, what are the important specifications that you think people need to be thinking about when they're choosing their pair? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'll kind of kick this off with a little anecdote. I'm born and raised in Florida and I didn't put my first pair of waders on until I was in my 20s. And I remember uh, I was in upstate New York and I was like, oh, this will be cool. I'll get to put on a pair of waders and see what that's all about. And uh, all they had were neoprene waders. And man, at the end of the day, I was like, I never want to do that again. It was the most <laughs> miserable experience. Just, you know, you couldn't move, you, you know, um, hot um, just really detracted from the fishing experience. Right. Yeah, well then, yeah. you know, I, um, get the gig at Sims and, you know, put on a pair of Sims waders and change my whole view. And, you know, for, for me, like, you know, if you're really into something, you know, you're going to want to, you're going to want to spend the money that's going to provide the best experience possible. Right. But, for me, in my opinion, when you're talking about a waiter, I really think that, you know, there's a lot of important aspects to it, but one of the most important aspects is the fit. That is, uh, that's critical in my mind for comfort, uh, enjoyment. Um, it also really, really adds to the longevity of the waiter because mm -hmm. when you get, when you have a waiter that fits properly, you're eliminating, you know, abrasion areas, uh, creases, and things like that that can really kind of compromise uh, the integrity of the waiter. So fit is very important, and we can come back to that because there's some other things I'd like to add on that. But again, I want to answer your question. So, you know, what what are you looking for in a waiter? And I think that, you know, here we are. It's uh, May 2023. It's prime waiter season for us here in Montana. Sounds like it is for you guys as well. We're tailing um, off, you know. We're kind of getting yeah, to where we're. Yeah, you getting can kind of get, kinda get in there warmer. without yeah. them, but but you know, I, like I'm I'm gonna go wade fishing tomorrow actually, and uh, I could probably get away without them, but I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm gonna be way more right. comfortable with them on. 
Yeah. And so what I would say, you know, uh, other than the fit, like you want to be mindful of, you know, the material and, and it's, it's pretty cool that we're having this conversation right now. Uh, waterproof, obviously that's critical for a waiter, but kind of coupled with that is the breathability, right? So the reason I say it's kind of funny is because this month right now, this is the 30th anniversary of the very first waterproof breathable waiter which we launched, Sims launched in 1993. And in my opinion, that's arguably one of the most uh, significant innovations in fishing gear in the last however many years. And so what that does is, you know, it's a material, it's unlike neoprene, it's, it's going to move with you better and it's going to, you know, you're going to be able to stay dry, but you're not going to be all hot and stuffy, you know, as if you were in like a pair of PVC waders or, or neoprene waders. Right. Um, so that's, you know, what I consider to be, like I say, I mean, such a important advancement. And, you know, now across the board, you know, that's pretty much all that's out there is waterproof, breathable waders. And mm. so that's, that's obviously a very big deal. You know, I went to Alaska about, I don't know, about 10 years ago, I guess. And uh, the type of fishing we were going to be doing there was going to require a lot of hiking and, one of the things I was introduced at that time to stocking foot waders. Cause I'd always been, you know, I'd always been a hunter slash fisherman. I always had boot foot waders. That was just what I was used to. And, and as I was going up there, you know, our guy was like, man, you need to get a pair of stocking foot waders and get yourself some wading boots because it's going to be a lot more comfortable. You got about a three mile hike every day to go fish. Yeah. And I also have a really big foot where like a size 14 shoe and, you know, wow. so going to the stocking foot waders, for that in that experience what it did was made it to where that's all i want to wear now like I, even when i duck hunt now i stay away from the boot foot waders and i'm wearing my you know my stocking foot waders which can be kind of a challenge to find you know stuff that works for you know the hunting application yeah but why would why you know i know that the hiking for me is a lot more comfort but why would somebody want to go stocking foot versus boot foot well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think it really kind of depends on, you know, you want to consider, you know, what the environment is that you're going to be in, um, you know, what the, you know, the temperature of the water, the temperature outside, um, you know, and, and, and again, like also like, what are you going to be doing? But yeah, to your point, you know, take, take my word for it. I fish on foot probably 80% of the time. And, um, you know, if I'm going to be putting in any kind of distance on my feet, I definitely want a stocking foot waiter. You know, it's just, uh, you got, it's just a more comfortable experience. Now, what I will say is, you know, for us out here in Montana, um, you know, fishing in the wintertime can be really, really good. Your feet are definitely going to stay warmer in a boot foot waiter. You know, our, all of our boot foot waiters, they have, um, on the inside, it's something that we refer to as grid fleece, or some people call it waffle fleece. But the the temperature of the water is not going to penetrate that <clears throat> that rubber boot uh, like it will if you're in a you know a pair of wading boots, you know, in a pair of stocking foot waders. So that's kind of the way that I look at it. Like you know, a lot of folks, and I mean, it it really is convenient. You know, you get to where you're going, and you just slide on a pair of boot foot waders, and you're off. But a lot of people, I, I would say, by and large, people that are fishing in boot foot waders, they're in colder climates. Uh, they're in the boat more than they're out of the boat. Mm. That's kind of the way that I look at it. 
speaking of the colder climates, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the, the breathable wares. That's one of the things I've been su- surprised about is going to a breathable, non-insulated stocking foot wader. I've been very comfortable down into the, even the freezing temperatures while, and I do most of that type of stuff, duck hunting. But, you know, I've been very comfortable in those just by layering up like you would if you were, you know, in any cold environment. Where do you draw the line, though? You know, you mentioned that that person who's not doing a lot of hiking and spending more time in the boat than on foot is that's a good candidate for the for the boot foot waiter. What about non-insulated versus insulated? Where do you draw that line? Like like using a non-insulated waiter? Is that what yeah, like when would somebody go, you know well, what, I think I need to step up to yeah, insulated. It's cold waiter. it's cold enough. I need to step up my game. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I I, I was thinking about this a few weeks ago. I, I fished every month of the year in twenty twenty two and in some very, very cold uh, conditions. For me, when it comes to waders, um, you know, just the waterproof, breathable, you know, Gore-Tex wader that more than suffices. And, you know, one of the things that I would, you know, kind of piggyback on here, a really important aspect of, you know, the waders, breathable waders, what we're talking about is having, being able to layer a prop properly, Mm -hmm. like you said. So, you know, in, in January, um, you know, there's a warmer day and, you know, instead of wearing thin pair of kind of moisture wicking long johns, you know, maybe I'll wear Sims. We make a, uh, fleece line sweat pant, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll put that in. And frankly, that's, that's more than enough for the legs. And then, you know, when I'm, you know, getting my waders, I always make sure that there's enough, uh, ease in the upper portion that I can put, you know, an insulated jacket underneath the waiter. And, um, you know, the thing that uh, truth be told, we do not make insulated waiters. Mm. And one of the reasons for that is, um, you know, I think with the, the, you know, layering gear that's in our collection, there's not really a need for it for one. Right. The other side of it, you know, it can, it can be a safety thing as well. You know, the more bulk you have, you're starting to kind of, you know, compromise your mobility and, and, you know, your, your ability to kind of uh, react if you slip a little bit on a mm-hmm. rock or whatever. So that mobility component, you know, really kind of plays into safety as well. You know, the more range of motion you have, the more reflexes you're going to be able to implement when, when need be, um, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. I took a, I took a cold plunge in a river in Alaska and, uh, it was definitely related to uh, <laughs> immobility. I would call it that, you know. Yeah, I would say, you know, bulk, uh, you know, any any bulk that you have when you're waiting in a moving river, you know, you're starting to um, compromise the, the the safety aspect of the yeah. fishing, you know. Yeah, definitely agree. I've, I've definitely took my share of cold plunges with uh, ill-fitting waders that could have been hand-me-downs when I was younger and things like that. Yeah. yeah not fun not where you want to be definitely not you're talking about layering up though and one of the things i've noticed uh like with wading boots is that i need to go a size up because i've got not only do i have a pair of socks on but then i've got those neoprene stocking foot mm-hmm. over my socks and then i got the wading boot and so like for me i'm i'm getting a 15 size 15 wading boot instead of a right. size 14 which is what i wear in a shoe mm-hmm. begs the same question for a pair of waders if you know you may want to layer up because of colder temperatures, mm-hmm. how do you go about sizing waders? And how should a fishing waiter fit? And 
how do you size fishing waders? Yeah, so that's a that's a really great question and a very important question. Um, what I would say is, you know, there's there's a lot of you know uh, key ingredients to to the Sims secret sauce of waders. In my opinion, I think, you know, one of the key ingredients, one of the the biggest key ingredients is, you know, kind of our approach to sizing. If you look at say like our G3 guide waiter you'll, well, in any of our waders, we don't just do small, medium, large, XL, double X. In our G3 guide waiter alone, I believe, don't quote me on, I think it's, we have at least, no, I think it's, yeah, we have 17 standard sizes in that wow. waiter. And we also have custom option, options as well. Um, we really, we really kind of want the waiter to fit somewhat like a tailored suit. Um, again, that is going to provide the, the angler with the most comfortable comfort, the most mobility. Um, but again, it really, it really adds longevity to the waiter. So essentially how we go about sizing is like on our website, we have a waiter uh, size chart. And basically what you're going to do, you're going to take a series of measurements and then kind of match those measurements up on the chart and it'll tell you what you need. So for example, the first measurement you're going to take, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm a size 10 and I'm this tall. And it's like, mm, you got to, you got to take a, a few you other get measures. the tape measure out. Yeah. yeah. And so you're going to want to get the tape measure out. You're going to measure around your chest and you're going to remember that number. And then you're going to take that same tape measure, put it kind of around just above your belly button, take that measurement. And then you're going to take it right above your hips, take that measurement. And of those measurements, you're going to take the largest one and remember that, right? And then you're going to drop that tape measure on the floor all the way up to your crotch. You're going to measure that inseam and you're going to remember that number. And then obviously, whatever size shoe you wear, you, you know that. So you're, you're looking at three measurements and basically like what I'll do is like, I'll look at the size chart and it's like, okay, I'm a 38 my my biggest torso measurement for lack of better terms is a 38 and it's like okay here's all my options there where does that correspond with my inseam measurement and then where does that correspond with my shoe size does that make sense yeah and so but what i'm if i'm understanding you correctly when you guys do your size charts like you know if i if i get my measurements and i match them up to that size chart that's the size i need it's not where i need to say okay i'm a I'm a size 14, but I need to go up, you know, for this. Yeah. I mean, in some cases, you know, you might, you might find like for you, for example, with your big foot, you might find, man, I don't have a size that corresponds on this chart. That's when you start looking into the custom options. Mm -hmm. But what, one thing that I would say too, is like, you know, in the upper portion of our waiter, there, there is a certain amount of ease that's built into the waiter. Okay. So, if you do those measurements and you get accurate measurements and everything corresponds, you're still going to have enough room to put, like I for say, that, for that jacket you put on earlier, whenever you got yep. a little cold up top. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. So I, I think it's, it's roughly like three and a half inches of ease. So you so can built you, in basically. Yes, exactly. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how you go about sizing it. I mean, in my opinion, the best thing that you can do, do the measurements at home our retail partners are fantastic. Go into your local retailer and 
just, you know, you can just say, hey, I did my measurements. I think I'm a large long, you know, let me put one on. It, it's one of those things, you know, I mean, especially if you're talking about a Sims G3 or a G4Z, you know, obviously, you know, those those can cost, you know, they're not disposable, right? It's not you an know? inconsequential amount of money. You want to make yeah. sure you get it right. I would yeah. definitely want to go put those on, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're going to, you know, be the best man in your best buddy's wedding, are you going to just order your tux, you know, and, and hope that it fits? Probably right, but- not. Butch will. He's kind of redneck. Like I would have definitely, you know? definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my point is, is, is you're going to, you're going to put it on and see how it fits, see how it moves. And that's the best thing that I would recommend. If John, you're going to make, if you're going to make that kind of investment, be really yeah, confident you. in what you're buying. Guys, let's take a quick break and hear from this week's sponsors. Hayabusa. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. Hayabusa is manufactured in Japan with technical designs, functionality, durability, and styles that customers who want to catch more fish demand. Hayabusa Fishing works tirelessly to provide the highest quality products manufactured and ensures current and prospective customers achieve a higher level of performance by using innovative products. From sabikis and saltwater hooks to jigs and freshwater hooks, see what they are all about at hayabusafishing.com. Also by L&M Marine L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. John, I think it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned that fit plays into durability a lot. And I could see that. Like I said, first pair of waders I ever had, if I tried to sit down, it felt like the knees were going to blow out. Yeah. Reason we invited you onto this podcast is because Butch and I were fishing with one of our contributors, Richard Rutland, and Butch went one week, leaky waiter. Joe went the next week, leaky waiter. And <laughs> and Richard's over there just cool and, and comfortable and uh dry as can be and warm. And we were talking to him and he wears Sims waders and and uh Sims wading boots and we were talking to him about it and he said, you know, what what kind of what kind of waders do you have? You know, I'm thinking obviously I'm in need of an upgrade now. And he said, you know, I really like these Sims. He's like, I've been wanting to try some of their new stuff, but these just won't tear up. <laughs> he said, yeah. he's like, I've had them for a long time. They just won't, you know, he's just bomb proof. So yeah. all right, well, let's, let's, let's get Sims on and talk to them, see what, what all we need to be thinking about. So from a durability perspective, obviously fits a big, what about, what about materials? Now you mentioned yeah. waterproof breathability, but like, is there variance in materials that are waterproof breathable? Yeah, definitely. You know, there's there's some waterproof breathable materials that yes, they are waterproof and they're breathable, but then there's other materials that are more breathable. You know what I mean? And so, you know, for our all of our Gore-Tex waders, you know, we're we're really um, you know, utilizing the most, 
you know, advanced fabrics we can get our hands on. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, um, we're on the 30th anniversary of the very first waterproof breathable waiter. And it's been kind of an interesting path to go down and, and not just see how the waiters themselves have evolved and advanced, but also the material that we're using. Um, there's, I could go on and on uh, about that. Um, but, but yes, to answer your question, I guess what I'm saying is not all waterproof breathable materials are created equal. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, I think probably the best example that I can give is kind of the Sims trademark with, again, like our G3s and G4s was for the longest time in the lower portion of the waiter, we were using a five layer Gore-Tex uh, material. And then in the upper, we we're using a three layer. And that was, you know, for the longest time, that was kind of the standard. And it's kind of funny because when it comes time for the Sims product team to, you know, go to the drawing board and revamp, you know, a, a, a Sims franchise like a G3 or a G4, it's really an intimidating uh, thing because, you know, people love those waiters so much. And um, I think it was 2017, it was time for us to revamp our G3, which again, that's our, what I consider to be our workhorse waiter. I, I think if memory serves me correct, that's the biggest unit driver for us. And I remember, you know, going into one of the, one of the meetings and it's like, yeah, the lower portion is not is no longer going to be five layer. We're going to go to four layer. And even us internally, we're like, whoa, that's what's the deal with this? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, but the fabric and uh, material experts, you know, just through sourcing and whatnot, they found a four layer, four layer version that was, uh, gosh, I, if I can still remember my my stats here. It had a seven point seven and a half percent increase in tongue tear strength. It had uh, an eighty eight percent increase in pinhole resistance, and it was also thirty three percent more breathable. So basically, what I'm saying is, we were able to again, like I mentioned earlier, reduce a little bit of bulk in that lower portion of the waiter and achieve more breathability, more durability. And therefore, you know, because of the reduced bulk, increased mobility. So now that has kind of become the standard. And that, you know, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, taking a layer out, you know, and, it, and it's kind of counterintuitive, right? You know, I think for the longest time, people are like, oh, more layers means more durable. But with the advancements in fabric, fabric and whatnot, that's not necessarily the case. So essentially, we found a better solution in a lighter more streamlined fabric package. So it sounds like you're really not giving up anything as far as breathability goes. We're gaining, you know, um, and, you know, that's something I would also add is, you know, at Sims, you know, from day one for me, it's just been amazing. Like the set of standards that we hold ourselves to is incredible. And those standards do not change, you know, so you know, it's like, okay, five layer is the standard. And it's like, yeah, I'll look at a four layer, you know, but um, I'm not changing this unless it outperforms that. Right. And that's, that's my point. We, in all of our kind of key durability and breathability and 
kind of comfort related metrics, the four layer is outperforming the five layer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So talking about construction a little bit, I've, uh, as I mentioned before, I've had some interesting pairs of waders growing up. I've had the I've had the knees blow out, you know, the knee pads. I've had leaks there. I've had leaks where my boots meet my actual wader part. Mm. Um, I've had a lot of weak, leaky waders, as you can tell. What are some of the things like as far as stitching or the construction of the waiter that you can look at and go, ah, that looks a little sketchy. I'm going to stay away from that. What are some of the things that you guys do differently to stand out? Yeah. I mean, you know, before I really answer the question, I mean, you know, the waiter making crew that's here in Bozeman on the floor, you know, they're not, they are not production workers. They are craftsmen and craftswomen. I mean, the precision that they you know, have to hit is, it's just, it's insane. It, I think it was three weeks ago. Um, they brought some of us down onto the production floor, just kind of a fun, like Friday afternoon, you know, Hey, you know, see what it's like to, you know, use, you know, stitch waders, tape waders, that, that type of thing. And it's just incredible. You know, you look at, you know, somebody like myself on the marketing team and I get down there and it's like, whoa, my stitches are terrible. They're mm-hmm. crooked. They're all over the place. Um, and then you watch one of them do it. And, you know, in the blink of the, in the blink of an eye, it's like, whoa, there's like a whole pant leg of a waiter in under five seconds. You know, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. So what I would say is uh, we are using an incredibly high stitch count. You know, that's, that's a big, a big key. We're back tacking every stitch, you know, just to kind of reinforce the bitter ends of those, of those seams and whatnot. You know, it's, it, I, I love talking about this. It, it's whenever I'm having these conversations on the phone, it's like, man, I wish you guys were here and mm-hmm. I could show you exactly what I'm, cause it really is a, an amazing process to watch, but yeah, super high uh, stitch counts, back tacking every seam. And then, you know, once the waiters are sewn they go into what's called uh taping and basically what that is is it's you know it's just kind of a reinforced kind of line of defense to protect those seams um in our case uh those taping machines they're leased from gore-tex we are i think the only one or one of two certified gore gore-tex manufacturers in the country so those the the body of the waiter it goes to this taping machine and it's kind of it's a combination of you know heat compression and time and that tape is laid over every seam um you know really smooth transitions and then after the whole thing is taped from that point it's watertight and then it goes to the process that's called cross patching and basically any intersection of seams that gets a patch. Once again, heat, compression, and time. That goes over all of those intersections just to once again to reinforce. So we're we're really uh, you know we're, we leave as little to chance as we possibly can with every single aspect. And you know we're talking about stitch counts and things like that. But also it's really you know how much excess material are are you allowed. Um, you know, uh, things, things like that make a, make a big difference. And, and that's why I say, I always, uh, I'm just always amazed at the, the waiter makers here in Bozeman, because when you really look at kind of the, the standards that, you know, they're, they're really judged on, there's not a lot of margin for error in any singular step of the process. You know, 
back to what I said in the beginning of the show, there's a lot of variance in price, right? Like you can spend a couple hundred bucks, you can spend 1200 bucks on a pair of waders. And what I just heard you say is that you got skilled craftsmen yeah. making these waders. That, sounds more like, sounds more like a science to me. Yeah. And, and those people I'm sure command better pay than someone who's, you know, just a production worker in a factory and is kind of, working on putting out a certain number of units, you know, per day and the quality control sounds like it's higher. And I, I would imagine things like that can factor into charging more for a pair of waiters because you need to, you know, to get it done right and to get the right kind of people doing what needs to be done with the best materials, you're going to, it's just going to be more expensive. Is that it? You know, I mean, is, is it the, is it the combination of quality materials, quality craftsmanship? that, that creates that, that higher price in a waiter, or, you know, is there something else going on when you go from that $300 waiter to that thousand dollar pair of waiter? Well, um, I don't know if you guys tie flies at all, but you know, (laughs) I just remember when I first started tying flies, I was, you know, in high school and I didn't have any money. And so I would just, you know, grab the cheapest feathers, the cheapest bucktails, you know, cheapest materials I could get just to kind of get the job done. And, 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 you know, uh, you know, you tie flies and it's like, okay, yeah, this, this will work. This looks good, you know, but then as the, as you progress and you start realizing like, oh, this bucktail, the, you know, the fibers are straighter and they're not kinked. And all of a sudden you start, you pay a little bit more for that, but your end result is better. You know, I, I, I also kind of look at it you know, somewhat like, like cooking, right? Like you can, with really fresh, fine ingredients, you don't have to do too much, you know, too much fancy, you know, cooking to make it taste excellent. Right. So for me, I think that it's, it's really, you know, we are, we're using premium ingredients and then we're putting those premium ingredients in the capable hands of our waiter makers. Right. Right. And, you know, the, the, the other thing that I would add to this is there is a very real sense of pride that all of the men and women on the, on the production floor have for their work. You know, there's, there's a pretty good chance, you know, you might see somebody on the cover of a magazine wearing a pair of Sims waiters and it's like, man, the odds are very good that I had my hands on those at some Mm -hmm. point. So yeah. there is a sense of pride there, and I, and I think that that's a, you know, more powerful um, aspect to our waiter making process than than meets the eye. I mean, the other thing that I would say regarding, you know, how much our waiters cost and things like that is, when people are right here in Bozeman and they're walking around on the production floor, you know, it, it's not uncommon at all for their comment after the tour or whatever to be like man, I always thought your waiters, you know, were expensive, but now that I've seen how they're made, I'm surprised that they cost as little as they do. Right. See the energy getting put into something. It makes you realize that. Guys, let's take a quick break and take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. 
This segment was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before and if you're interested in building a new pond or lake give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you if you're anywhere in the southeast schedule an obligation free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com also brought to you by hilton's real-time navigator The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas, pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. Now, you know, going back to that variance uh, of costs, you know, you've got kind of base level, entry level, and then you've got the high-end stuff. And when I look at those kind of things, I think like, am I paying for durability? Am I paying for features? What what am I getting? So from a features perspective, what, what anglers need to be thinking about if they're looking at your waders or anybody's waders, what are some of the features they need to really make sure that a pair of waders has? And then do those higher end models, do they give you more features? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, if you look at like, uh, for example, we're, we're getting ready to, you know, kind of start revving up on, uh, our G4, uh, G4Z to be exact, which that's going to be available, I believe in January. That's kind of what I consider to be the most feature rich, uh, waiter. Um, now again, you know, in these higher end waiters, such as a G4Z, we're using, you know, the most durable, most breathable fabric package we can we can get our hands on. So that's that's number one. You know, number two, in the case of G4Z, made from start to finish here in Bozeman by the waiter makers. Uh, number three, yes, there's a ton of features on on those waiters. For example, um, that's a uh, the Z refers to the center front zipper, which. <laughs> You know, it's one of those things like we, I, I, I love all of our waders, but to be perfectly honest, if you've fished in a center front zipper waiter, it's kind of hard to go back. It's mm-hmm. just uh, so much more convenient to put on. It's, uh, you know, if you need to use the bathroom, you know, while you're on the water, it makes things a lot easier. So that's, that's a big, a big part of it. But, you know, keep in mind when you're putting in a zipper, you know, that's, that's just one more area that you really need to focus in on and make sure that uh, that's watertight as well, mm-hmm. you know, but again, like uh, in, in, in the G4Z and again, I'm kind of speaking to the most feature rich waiter in our line. We've got um, a really cool new suspender system uh, that's, that's really comfortable, breathable. Uh, you can adjust, uh, adjust it really easily on the fly, really big pocket array. We've got a, 
submersible zipper on the inside of that waiter. So, you know, yes, you're paying in, in, in the case of G4Z, you're, you're paying for the durability, the breathability and all of these great, you know, kind of fishing focused features. Yep. That makes sense, man. And you're talking about all these awesome features and how they're made so delicately. Um, and you know, it's a little bit of money. It's an investment. I feel like, um, you know, to be comfortable, to be breathable, to be waterproof. Um, what about warranty? Cause we're in yeah. some nasty stuff, you know, we're jumping out of boats, we're falling on sand, we're walking through brush. What about, I mean, things happen, you know, so what, what, what do you guys do with the warranty? Yeah, we've got a really solid warranty program. I mean, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm speaking on behalf of the whole company, you know, we really do stand behind our waiters, you know, uh, every single waiter that leaves our production floor before it, before it, uh, you know, gets boxed up, we're turning it, well, it's built inside out. Um, we're putting the each and every pair of waiters on a testing bed, filling it up with water, letting it sit there. And once we deem that it's leak free, uh, we turn it right side out, hang it up to dry. Then it gets boxed up and sent to retailers and, um, and consumers worldwide. Uh, our warranty uh, program is, uh, I think it's a, I, I'm, I might need to come back to this, but it's a 60 day, no questions asked. But one, one thing that I would say too is, is again, we go through um, uh, great links to achieve the end product that we end up with. We are not in the business of making, you know, disposable gear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our ambition that, you know, if uh, Butch or, you know, Joe, you know, you guys go buy a pair of G4Zs, it's our intention that you're going to have those waiters for, you know, years and years and years. Right. And, you know, I think that it's another you know, kind of unsung hero about what we're doing here in Bozeman is our in-house repair center. I think that um, that is, uh, there's, there's a gal that that's run the repair center here at Sims now. Her name's Renee. She's probably going to get mad at me for even mentioning her, but she's awesome. She's been with Sims for 17 years running the repair department. And I think that you know, consumers should know, um, you know, yes, you're going to get pinholes, you're going to get, you know, know, you're going to have, you know, times when I need to repair this. There's a lot of repairs that consumers can do themselves. Um, You know, pinholes, it's, it's a pretty simple process. And really, it's, it's probably a good practice to, to do, you know, maybe once a year, turn your waiters inside out, spray them down with isopropyl alcohol, anywhere there's a pinhole, that material is going it, to, there's, it's just going to be kind of like a opaque kind of coloration. But when you put the isopropyl alcohol on there, if there is a pinhole, it's going to turn, you're going to see a little uh, dark dot. And all you need to do to repair that yourself is just a little teeny tiny bit of uh, aqua seal, put it on your finger, put it on that spot, let it dry, and you're good to go. You know, if there's a repair that, you know, a consumer doesn't feel comfortable uh, taking on themselves, you know, they can send it back back to us. And, you know, it's amazing what uh, what they're able to repair uh, down there. You know, sometimes it might be, uh, you know, the, the, the gravel guard is coming loose. You know, they can put a new gravel guard on or maybe the stocking feet uh, have just kind of been worn out. They can cut those off, put a new pair on. 
it's it's not at all uncommon um you know to walk down there um you know like for example our g3 has been in our line for 20 plus years at this point it's not uncommon to go down there and see a pair of original g3s sitting on the rack that have been repaired and they're getting ready to be sent back to the consumer um yeah it's good to hear you say that because i mean I have a tendency to find barbed wire fences just about everywhere I go. I'm yeah. not real sure what that's about, but uh, yeah, it's easy to do. It's it's frustrating, you know, when you do get a new pair of waders and you end up tearing them up, you know. And it it, it was something that was just it had anything to do with Stuff waders, happens. you know. You just right. get caught on, like I say, get caught on a barbed wire fence. That's what I did to my last pair. Yeah, and and you know, knowing that you can get that fixed up without having to reinvest in a whole brand new pair and and but that's that's always been one of my struggles if you go cheap on something then it's like well do i do i invest in repairing this cheap thing or or do i just get a new cheap pair you know right and, and i'm like i like to once i find something that i like and it works that's yeah. that's what you know uh, i want to stick with you know one more question for you john you know butch and i mostly wade in salt water except when we're hunting so mm-hmm. from a wader perspective is there anything that goes into salt specificity you know or is there anything that's done different or are all waders pretty much good to go in the salt yeah i mean uh i think the biggest thing that you would want to you know look out for is you know are there any components on that uh on the waiter that you know are going to corrode you know with salt um you know you guys know better than anybody you know you're using you know after after you fish in the salt you got to hose your stuff down um you know get that salt off you know, in the case of Sims, um, you know, before we we jumped on this, we were kind of talking about, you know, Texas. And um, I, I've done a good bit of wade fishing in Texas. And I don't know, I, I feel like the salinity, you know, in that in, in the water there is higher than, than than other areas of the country. But, you know, Sims waders, you know, for those anglers in, you know, Texas fishing for sea trout and redfish i mean they're using you know g4s g3s um you know primarily is what i would say and yeah i mean really to to answer your question you know it's never been like oh well if you're gonna fish these in salt you might want to use these i mean i would say in my opinion if you're gonna fish in salt water you're probably gonna want to go just because it, it is a harsher environment I would just say, by and large, you're going to want to be in, you know, a G3 or a G4, um, just for the durability aspect. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that uh, you know those folks in Texas and you know other areas, they're they're buying you know Sims waders right off the shelf and jumping on the flats and you know no questions asked, you know. Yeah. Well, John, uh, it's been fun, kind of deep diving out we do this from time to time on various different products and it's always a lot of fun to talk to the manufacturers because y'all are living and breathing this stuff every day you're thinking about every little detail and you know for for the anglers on the other side of it we're just kind of like yeah i like them you know (laughs) like they work good uh you know we don't even know about stitches and uh, materials and you start talking about a lot of stuff and everybody glazes over uh, but at the end of the day, the folks we invite to come on and, and talk about these things are are the folks that when we talk to our contributors, they're telling us, man, I love this product. You know, I really like this. This has just worked well for me. 
And those are the folks we in, invite on and, and to get more information on. So we appreciate you joining us today and, and deep diving on fishing waders. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's, um, uh, it, it's my wife makes fun of me all the time when she hears me, you know, talking about this and she's like, man, you are the biggest nerd ever. <laughs> uh, it really is, uh, you know, it's, it's such a cool place to work. You can, you know, you're, you're surrounded by innovation, craftsmanship, and you get to see it every day. And, and, you know, like I say, it's, it's the waiter makers have a ton of pride in what they're doing. And, you know, that kind of transcends to the rest of us. It's like, we just take a lot of pride in what we're doing here in Bozeman with our waiters. You know, we were the the first to bring waterproof, breathable waiters to the market. And, you know, that's, such an important aspect of our heritage and it's something we're incredibly proud of and it shows man um if folks want to follow along with you guys and go to your website and check out your line of waiters and or follow your stuff on social media where would you point everyone yeah uh www.simsfishing.com and just keep in mind we have a vast uh retail network and uh you know our retailers are just an incredible resource and just a great community to get involved in as well. Uh, Instagram, uh, at Sims Fishing, that's going to be the best place to find us. This segment was brought to you by Dixie Supply in Baker's Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Man, waiters can get frustrated. No doubt, man. They have really, really, really come a long way. You're right. I um, I was definitely jealous of Richard's. Richard's yeah. Sims yeah, last you were. Oh, yeah. I, me too. I, I do the same thing with I mean, waiters. I mean, I do this every time. I feel like I look at I look at the options out there. I go, you know, I don't I don't weigh that much. I'll probably right. be all right with I don't them. need them. I don't need the Mac Daddies. Yeah, well, yeah. And you know, and I'm like, ah, you know, and and then once I get them, and and you know, I and I'll end up going cheap because I'm not using it every day. And then I get them and I tell you what, I would have gladly given you the difference of what I spent versus getting a pair that's good. Yeah. The last time I had my waders full of water, if yeah, you just give sure. me a dry pair right then. Well, I mean, even Richard now, I mean, you know, the water temperatures are getting up 75, 80 now, yeah. um, down here where we are. And he's like, man, I just, I just like to wear them now. Whenever yeah. I come out of the water, I strip down and I'm ready to roll. I don't and have to dry. change. I don't have yeah. to towel off. Exactly. So he's like, man, I just wear them all the time now. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt bringing, I mean, it's not a big deal, but you know, you got to bring extra pair of underwear, extra pair of shorts, extra towel. Pair of shirts, you're gonna yeah, get wet. you're, you're yeah. kind of uncomfortable riding the boat out afterwards. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm definitely going to, this time I'm not going to make the same mistake. The other thing I always try to do is I try to get cross-functional gear, you know, a hunt and fish. And so I'm like, well, let me get a pair of waders that'll work for fishing and hunting. And I'm, I'm sure you could do that. I mean, Sims has some, some camo waders that, but man, I'm, I'm just, I'm going, I'm getting myself a nice pair of dedicated fishing waders that are built for the salt and can handle what I want to do and, uh, built for me too. You know, I got a yeah. uh, long inseam, big foot, you know, just got a lot of considerations and I just would like to get a pair that I can just enjoy. Cause that's what it's all about really is it, it 
And don't even be thinking about your waders, you know, be thinking about fishing. Well, and wear for years. Seems like I've never had a pair. And I, I, my last pair of duck hunting, I wasn't for fishing specifically, but my last pair was not cheap. And they were a very nice pair in two didn't seasons. Make it that long. Yeah, yeah. two, th- maybe three seasons. This might have been my third season. And I got they super leaky. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, being able to get them back to the people that builds them and get them repaired right and if fix you do them have right a problem there. is yeah. a big deal. And, uh, man, I like all the custom customizations with the fit. You know, that's a big deal to me. It is. But, uh, yeah. being able to get a good pair that's comfortable and it's going to stand the test of time, that's a big deal. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. And, uh, that's going to be a wrap for this week's show, guys. If you're enjoying it, please take a minute and subscribe rate and leave us a review and if you'd like us to email you the show we'll do it each and every week all you have to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 we'll email it to you every week make it easy for you all right guys y'all stay safe out there get out on get out on the water somewhere this weekend cast some fish shoot us an email let you know how how you do and uh we'll talk to y'all next week this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and service, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksisland.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by the Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing great trigger fish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about snapper check, please visit outdoorsalabama.com. And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.